join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, today as we are gathered in your house, may we be strengthened by your word. May we trust in you, the rock of our salvation. May we see your son, Jesus, and may it strengthen us as we walk with you, as we have that foundation that never crumbles. May you bless us in this time together. May you challenge us in your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, up here is a picture of a, uh, the first church that I served in ministry. It's Messiah Lutheran Church in Green Hills, Ohio. It is near, it's in the Cincinnati area. It is a church that is built on top of a hill, um, a very pretty church. If you ever try to go there one day, just know you need a few bucks because it's built on a county road, a county park area, and to get into church, you actually have to have a park pass. It's a weird setup. I'm not really sure why they, but it's a very pretty overlook. Well, there is a way to get there some other way, but it's built this weird circle It's not, it's impossible. People all come up through the county road. But while I was there, first day you kind of get to a new church, I met with the property manager, and he had my keys, kind of wanted to walk me around, give me a tour of the building. As we're walking through the building, we get to the fellowship hall, and we're looking at the fellowship hall, and in the one corner, it is starting, the, the floor is actually sinking. You can see the cracks starting to fill across the floor. You can see by the side of the, the uh, concrete block wall where it's, you know, slipping down, you can actually see that it's, you know, sinking. And, and of course, the property manager takes a note because he's like, we got to fix that. So a couple weeks later, uh, I like cool gadget things. They came in, they had, they drilled a whole bunch of holes around the, the fellowship hall, and they had this concrete um, snake thing that they brought in, and they like basically poured concrete under the floor and lifted it back into position where it was supposed to be. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I was standing there like a little kid. I'm like, this is neat. Nobody else? I'm the only guy standing there. They're like, why are you here? I just want to see it. Well, that gets done. A couple of years later, I'm actually with the property manager again, and, and I happen to say to him, did you know that that floor that we fixed uh, a couple of weeks ago is, is starting to sink again. He's like, yeah, we, we noticed. We uh, have an engineering firm coming out. So they brought this engineering firm, brought another really cool truck, big truck. They did bore samples into the ground. So they took out all these samples. Uh, anytime there's a big problem like this, what is the first thing you do? You have a voters meeting. So we have a voters meeting. The engineer comes out. That was funny, by the way. Uh, the, <laughs> Vote, come on, people, a voters meeting when there's problems. Okay, so we're at this meeting, and the engineer comes out, and he's explaining to us that basically um, when they had built this fellowship hall addition, that they did not uh, engineer the dirt properly. Now, I did not know that you can engineer dirt. That's a thing, just so you know. They, we were supposed to have properly engineered dirt. I'm not sure what that is, how you do that, but we didn't have that, and it was making our, our floor sink. And not just our floor sink, but actually the walls were starting to come off the building and were going to fall down the hill. This, this was a bad moment. So the, the engineer comes out and he kind of tells us what they're going to do. They're going to dig a whole bunch of really big holes outside the walls, dig down as far as they can with this machine, push down to so many thousands of pounds of pressure as far as they could dig, and they're going to put pylons in and attach the building to it and try to make sure it doesn't move anymore. Finally, one of our members, her name was Juanita Tiley. She was probably in her 80s at this point. Uh, she was a former missionary. 
uh, to Papua New Guinea with her husband, and they had come back and retired there in Cincinnati. She raised her hand, and like any good Lutheran, there are certain people in the voters' assembly, when they raise their hand, everyone goes, Juanita's going to speak. <laughs> she raises her hand, and she says, I have a question. What's your question, Juanita? Well, why don't we just dig all the way to the bedrock? Because then it won't move at all, ever. And, you know, of course somebody said to her, well, you know, Juanita, that's really not possible to dig all the way to the bedrock. We'd have to actually dig a hole the size of the, you know, the whole church building to get that deep safely. It made me think this week as I was looking at our text for this morning about Jesus and foundations and how if you build something on a foundation that's not strong enough, bad things happen. I want to read you a part of the text that Jesus says. He asks his disciples, who do you say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You know, his disciples were asking this question he asks the disciples, who, who are people saying that I am? And, and they're saying, you know, well, maybe you're, you know, basically Jesus is just another prophet. Somebody we listen to when things are nice or he says nice things about us. Somebody, when he stops doing that, we try to kill. That's what they did to the prophet. And, and his disciples are maybe missing something. And it's the question I have for you today. If we could have that slide up. What's your foundation? What's the foundation that you have built your life upon? I think for a lot of us, as we get older, it becomes our job. That thing we think that is going to keep our family protected, for, for men especially. It's the thing that we feel like is going to keep us all together. It's the thing we lean on. Maybe it's, maybe it's your power or your prestige or your money, your bank account. This last one I think is hard for people. Maybe it's your family. I work with a lot of teenagers and, and young people. And I've been doing this for 13 years, and I have a lot of students walk through my office in tears because their parents are getting divorced. Because the thing that they believed would be solid and firm fell apart. I've had many parents walk in my office and say, the job that I thought was secure, my job at Ford or my job at GM that I thought would never go away, they told me to pack up all my stuff and I'm done. And I'm 55, Steve. I don't know what I'm going to do. We as God's people often put our foundations in things other than Jesus. When I remind those students, when I remind those parents and adults who walk in my office, is something I've been reminding students of forever. It's this. That Jesus did something for you that we couldn't do for our building. He dug deeper than all else, all the way to the bedrock, and built you upon it. And here is where he did it. Right here. 
At the font in baptism, God took you and claimed you as his own, and he dug a hole so deep and put you right on this foundation that is Jesus Christ. He took you and said, you are mine, I love you, and no matter what shifts around you, no matter what falls apart around you, that God in your baptism said, I love you. I have cared for you. It's the thing that you couldn't screw up. As God's people, we screw up a lot of things. Your baptism, you didn't screw up. It is purely God's gift. As Jesus tells Peter when he says to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. You were given this gift of God's love and God's grace. It is purely his gift given to you. When your foundations are falling apart, and they will, if it's outside of Christ, they will be a problem. It will be brokenness. But in Christ, God has put us upon that rock, that thing that doesn't shift. When we build something on the ground, we think it will never move. Yet underneath it can. When we build ourselves upon the rock of Christ, it never, ever moves. It never falters. It never gives up. It's never broken. It always brings us his promise of grace and love for you and me. I want to end our time together with one last verse. I'd like to be it on the screen. It's verse, verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. This is an interesting text because I think that lots of people send their students to Lutheran schools. Sometimes we come to church because we believe that we need to come here and find a safe place where we don't have to hear about what's going on in our world, the brokenness and all that stuff. We want our safe little box that we can come into, our four walls, it'll make everything better. La, 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 I don't want to know what's going on outside. But that's not what this text says. This text says that God's people are gathered so that they will go out and attack the gates of hell. Not that we will be protected in the gates of heaven and look, we'll be safe from Satan. No, it tells us as God's people, as this foundation that we have in Christ, that we are to go and literally snatch those who are lost from the gates of hell and bring them back to God's grace and love. That is what we are called as God's people to do. That is why we have a Lutheran school. That is why we have Lutheran ministries, and Lutheran education. We do it not so that kids will be protected from the outside world, but so that they will be prepared to go into that world and share with them God's grace and love and forgiveness. To tell others about this rock that we get to stand firm on, that God has given to us, that God has worked in our lives and changed us so that we can experience that love with others. Today, as we are gathered here as his people, I want you to remember two things. One, if your life 
is feeling really broken, if your life seems to feel like it is shifting underneath you, and all those things that you've relied upon are falling apart, let me remind you of God's gracious gift in Jesus, that he has placed you on this rock. He has helped you to trust and love and hear of his great forgiveness. Don't ever take that for granted. It is God's gracious gift for you and for me. But I also want to say to us that that gift is not something we hide in these walls. That through the work of the Holy Spirit, we are called as his people to go. To go and attack the gates of Hades and to bring our friends, family, and even our enemies to the love and grace that we have in his rock. As you go about your day, from this day forward and forevermore, may you proclaim his love to our world. May you proclaim his forgiveness and grace to all those around us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the rock. You are the thing in our lives that does not shift. When everything in our world may be falling apart around us, when we may seem like we have no hope, may we trust that you dug a hole so deep through our brokenness and our sinfulness and placed us on that rock of your son Jesus. May we know that hope. And may, Lord, as we know that hope, we go into our world and proclaim that hope. Proclaim that hope to all those around us our friends, our enemies, those we disagree with, may we love and care for them enough to tell them about the one who came and rescued us, to tell them about the one who loved and cared for us. In your name we pray. Amen. We continue our time together as we collect our tithes and offerings. Uh, if you are a guest or visitor with us today, this is not for you. Uh, this is given for the ministries here at St. John. We continue with our offering.